you're listening to Costume Closet Chats with Wicca Civic Theater. Welcome back to Costume Closet Chats. This is Sigrid Massey. And I'm Clarissa Pompa. And I'm Eric Shepard. In for today's episode. <laughs> Congratulations! First episode here. We're so excited to have you. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> it's his lovely premiere. He, we've brought in an extra chair just for him. Yep. And it's comfy too. Let me tell you. Yep. I feel like I'm I'm being treated first class. <laughs> and if you want that same treatment, come see a show at the Waco Civic Theater because it's that very same chair that we use for every show. You just won't have the view of the costume closet, unfortunately. But no. you know. If you want to volunteer and get in that way, come see where the magic happens. Exactly. <laughs> Lots of fake fur and men's tux jackets to sort, let me tell you. <laughs> Cravats to go. Lots of um, hand-me-down dance costumes. Oh my goodness, yes. Oh Sparkles and glitter goodness. everywhere. Yep. Again, I'm, I'm, I will say this every episode, I am pretty sure I recognize at least one of these from my sister. Like, all across Texas, all across the country, they use the same dance catalog. Mm-hmm. That's right. I've, yep. I've seen them year after year. Yeah. All year my friends with year. kids have graduated. I, I think I'm going to be good going to grandchildren's oh, dance. Wow. And let's hope maybe some of the costumes have changed. But I bet Bye some then. of them are, you know, the red, white, and blue sparkly one <laughs> maybe. that's required. But you'll still probably see someone dancing to fireflies. Yes. Oh, yes. my goodness. Yeah, most likely. Absolutely. Yes. Now, Eric, can you tell us a little bit about your position here at the Civic Sure. Um, I'm the executive director, uh, uh, which means uh, not a whole lot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Very minor role, really. Yeah. Uh, uh, It means that I sweep the floors if I have to, uh, write checks if I have to, um, (laughs) hire directors and uh, contractors from time to time, and um, bless things a lot. I walk around and go, good job. (laughs) Way to go. (laughs) It's a real boost for morale around here. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And how long have you been with the Civic? How long have you been involved? Uh, since January of 2013. Wow. So, so you've seen it evolve over the last I have. Eight, eight years. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yep. That's... Yeah, it's, it's been really cool. I, I loved uh, being able to uh, take it from where it was to where it is now. Mm-hmm. During COVID, you really, you know, ensured the survival of the theater in this community, made sure, you know, really pioneered some of the work that was being done to keep the theater going even during COVID. So online shows and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, well, it was interesting. It was challenging. And I learned a lot about planning because I, you know, made like 10 different annual plans uh, during that time period because, you know, it's going to be over in 30 days. Well, it's going to be at least three months. You know, six months from now, we're going to see a turnaround. <laughs> yeah. When the vaccines come, that's going to be changed to everything. And so, yeah, we've uh, we've had to pivot and pivot and pivot. Uh, uh, but uh, we came through it because people like it and they want to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm grateful. You know, that uh, this is important to uh, people uh, everywhere, but certainly in Waco. Absolutely. And this season, kind of sort of ish on the heels, definitely still dealing with uh, COVID restrictions, but also, you know, looking towards the future, potentially less restrictions. You guys have had an incredibly successful first half of your season, your 2021 through 2022 season. Uh, I, I think it's because people really missed it, you know, and wanted to come back. Um, one of the things that we were doing was because we couldn't see far enough into the future, two years in a row had tried to plan a season that had been unsuccessful in doing it, uh, was that we were kind of doing it on a show by show basis. And, and as <clears throat> things got better, we said, oh, okay, we can do another show. Well, let's do another show. And so we ended up doing all the shows. <laughs> 
so uh, when we, we first opened up was actually the tail end of last season to live audiences for the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed like a good choice because it's a small cast. Um, and with our new configuration in the theater, we were able to uh, have social distancing in the audience. Um, and then the next show we did was a, another small cast show with only four people. And so uh, it enabled us to see if people wanted to see a non-musical. And the, the audience was good for that. And, and as we were involved in those, uh, we just started to turn into the new year. And we got to do a show that we hadn't, a kind of show actually, that we hadn't gotten to do for a while. And that's the Theater Uncovered, or the group of uh, mostly Baylor kids who don't get to do challenging or edgy material. And so we did Lizzie, um, the Lizzie Borden musical. Mm-hmm. And a whole different audience showed up for that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I guess we are back. Because <laughs> very different audiences for each of them. Yeah. And it just kept, kept getting better and better. Uh, so once we started the new year in, in June, it seemed like, okay, we're, we're onto something here. It looks like we're going to be able to do this. We're going to be able to plan. So we announced a season and, uh, one of the things that we'd always wanted to do was expand our children's theater programming. And I was yeah. thinking incrementally, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So a very smooth transition from, you know, a, a small pandemic year of shows. And then how many children's shows did we do? Five. Five. In three months. Holy in three cow. months. We used to do two, yes. Mm-hmm. In uh-huh. two three in the months. two for the summer or two for the year? Two for the summer. Okay. And they ranged in length, like mm. oh goodness. Yeah. That's uh, insane. Two other partners came online for us. One was Transformation Waco, who's uh, uh works with uh Waco ISD and they came to us with the idea of having a program here. Because uh, three years prior, we had done a dance camp for them uh, at one of their elementary school campuses. And they said, well, would you like to do a theater camp? And I said, well, sure, absolutely. We also, at the same time, uh, discovered that uh, Riker High School had this auditorium that they wanted to get some use of out mm-hmm. of the summer because it just sort of laid dormant, you know, when uh, class was not in session. And so that enabled us to double up on our children's theater programming. So we had, you know, two in June and two in July where it was one each. Then we also had the idea, and this was what, what we were originally going to do, is just add one non-musical. Because mm. if you were in uh, uh, theater, you had to be in a musical in June, July, and in the spring. There was only one non-musical, and that was Best Christmas Pageant Ever. So if you weren't a singer or a dancer, and you were a kid, you didn't have a lot of chances. So ah. we were just going to add that show. And so that show became The Alibis, which was the uh, murder mystery show that we did in August. How cool. In the meantime, we did some other things too, but <laughs> <laughs> we went from, you know, zero the previous year to five in 2021. Wow. That so, is quite a job. And you had the numbers as far as the kids turning out. No question. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep coming back. And then we had all of the classes during the fall. So we just continue to nurture that growing interest, you know, that we had seen in the summer. And just like said, hey, you know, like stay, stick around, you know, there's still things for you here. Oh, and while you're here, nudge, nudge, there's going to be auditions for our like school year, like family children's musical. And so I think that really helped in keeping the numbers like interested. We had how many auditions? 55. 55 auditions for Talk Everlasting. Wow. And we cast 32, I believe. 32. And by the way, the script calls for nine. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, yeah, I mean, we're yeah. all about trying to create opportunity, right? Absolutely. That's really what, why we're here is to create opportunity for kids and for families. Yeah. So, and we do. <laughs> yeah, we really want to generate and nurture that interest in theater and the arts and performance and culture. Like, 
I mean, when you're young, when you're old, doesn't matter when you get interested. But, you know, the younger you get them, the better. That's right. <laughs> so. And especially after a year where, like you said, there were no children's shows. Uh, I know kids and their parents miss having, you know, this type of outlet. So fostering these opportunities and creating more roles mm-hmm. and parts in these plays, I'm sure, meant a lot to them. And fostering a community, again, because we're all really looking for connections right, right. now mm-hmm. um, right. in the wake of COVID and everything being yeah. separated. Yeah, I mean, what um, um, Clarissa said is absolutely true about classes and workshops. Uh, During the fall, we had uh, a comedy workshop, an improv workshop. We had uh, an acting workshop for teens. Uh, We had the scary monsters kind of uh, (laughs) workshop that culminated in I Want My Mummy musical for kids. Yeah, Um, student-directed. Uh-huh, which was a student-directed production. That's right, yeah. So there are all types of opportunities, not just for acting or uh, mm-hmm. singing or dancing, but you're also doing it on the production side. Yeah, so there's an idea in the works for uh, next semester to have a bit of a workshop, a bit of a thing to get to know Chaz, our technical director. So people who are interested, they've acted, but they're like, what about backstage? Like an idea to sort of nurture that interest as well, mm-hmm. because there's so much more to like theater than just what you see on stage. Yes, yeah. 10% is probably what you see on stage, but 90% is everything going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And that includes, you know, rehearsals, but also like the technical side and costumes and lighting and props. And yeah, all of that. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's the tip of the iceberg is what you see on stage. It's true for actors, too. I mean, they spend far more time rehearsing than performing. They spend far more time getting ready for an audition yeah. and uh, being ready for the next audition than they do actually getting to do that performance. But And it's also true when they turn on the lights, you see the end result, but you don't see the hours it took to mm-hmm. refocus the instruments and to program the, the lighting instruments. And you might see the finished costumes, but you didn't know. And no one cares, to be right. honest. When you're sitting in the audience, you go, that's a pretty dress. But <laughs> you don't know how, how long they argued about which shade of red it is or should it have sparkles yes. or not is it off the, the answer shoulder is always sparkles. <laughs> the answer is always sparkles yeah pretty much right uh, uh yeah is it off the shoulder is it spaghetti strap is yeah. it you know uh is it an a-line you know all of the discussion that goes into it you just see the dress on stage if you're an audience member and go i like that that's so pretty yeah exactly <laughs> uh, but it takes hours to do that and that is one of the the gifts of theater is that um practice you know is always fun Sometimes if you're playing the violin, you know, playing scales is not so much fun or you have to practice layups over and over and over again to get the ball to go in the hoop. Sometimes that's not so much fun. Theater's always fun. (laughs) Uh, Even the rehearsals, you know, are fun. The auditions are fun. Those auditions we had just the other day. Oh, man. They were clapping for each other before, oh. during, and after every yeah. audition. And they were yeah. trying to organize a singular clap. So that way they Because we knew we were on a time crunch. So they were trying to organize a singular clap. So that way they didn't waste time with clapping so everybody could oh. have the time they deserved. They started doing snaps instead. It was a whole thing. They just wanted to support each other. It was so cute. That's such a beautiful community that's fostered. Yeah, um, yeah, and it happens over and over again. That's the other amazing thing about theater is is that, you know, if you have a, I don't know, a bowling league or, you know, a, a group of gets together to read books or uh, drink coffee or whatever, it's likely to be kind of the same people, mm-hmm. you know, because those are the people who have that interest. Yeah. These eight women or those seven guys or those 11, uh, you know, uh, people who play softball together, generally speaking, it's the same thing. Each time we do plays, they form uh, uh, a community because that cast is going to be different than the other cast. Mm-hmm. This show is mm-hmm. going to be different than the other one. The director might be different, you know. Uh, and so in, like, no time at all, particularly in youth theater, it's yeah. just amazing. They come in, they they may know or not know each other, and then they're all friends, and they hang out with each other and, you know, are on share each other's Instagram and talk to each other and do all the things that 
our friendships are, mm -hmm. uh, but it all happens kind of like in this little crucible right in front of you. It's a little microcosm of like, just like, I don't know what it's a microcosm of. It's a microcosm of something, of community. Something important. And something important. And That's something good. Amazing. Yes, exactly. And it happens over and over and over again. It's just, it's just remarkable. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. And, uh, our children's fear is not the only place where these types of communities and relationships form. It also really forms in our main stage, mm -hmm. including adult productions. Can you tell me a little bit about how that's been really coming back full force with our main stage productions this year? One of the uh, examples was a show that I was in this fall called Outside Mullingar. And uh, our director for that show spent some time early on in the rehearsal process to get us to connect with each other because there were only four actors in the show. Mm. Wow. And she really wanted us to understand each other mm -hmm. uh, as human beings ahead of time. And some of it felt like, okay, now let's all hold hands and sing a song. <laughs> but she was absolutely right that forming that sense of community of that care for each other uh, it was essential because it was such a, it's an emotional play. Mm -hmm. yes. Good emotions, romantic comedy but it's a really emotional play and that cast is one of the casts uh, that I've been a part of where we have lunch once a month uh, it's been a couple wow. of months and we hang we do group texts and we hang out together and we see each other at other things there's always big hugs that's so fun I know I know it's, it's really it's really great <laughs> it doesn't end when you know you take the final bow it continues for long afterwards oh yeah because I I mean Chris who was in outside Mullinger mm -hmm. like she and her daughter are in Little House Christmas right now so I've been seeing her but I didn't know that you guys like had lunches together like all four of you that's so yeah. fun oh my god yeah, I, I love uh, that. we were at Union Hall the last time. Okay, okay. Uh, there'll, there'll be more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Glad we, to we, hear it. We like each other. Yeah, and then with <laughs> Little Women, our show in the summer, I, uh, a, lot, a few of the cast members went to go see Baylor's production of Footloose because uh, Jared Wells and Ali Veritek. Veritek. Um, were in that. And so they were posting in the Little Women group. They were like, guys, they're really talented. It's so great. Aww. I know this is just a private group, but oh my God. And they were just raving about it. I was like, this is amazing. And everyone just like is still supporting each other on there. And I couldn't make it because we're in the middle of Christmas shows, but... It's just so great to see how everyone, like, even from a show in the summer, they're all still, like, talking and just supporting each other in their own, like, endeavors. <sighs> Theater, a community. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to cool. uh, just put a bow on that, mm -hmm. uh, in uh, the fall of 2014, we did Les Mis. Ooh. And for three years afterwards, the cast would get together and go Christmas caroling. Stop. Yeah, I know. That I, is so cool. They, they, they enjoyed uh, each other's company so much, they made sure that it kept happening. Uh, and so uh, the cast of Mamma Mia was a little bit like that, too. Yeah, I've heard about the cast of Mamma Mia. Like, the cast of Mamma Mia is something I hear about pretty frequently. I Because I came on board around the last five years, right? And just since April, I've been like, oh, yeah, Mamma Mia. And I'm like, like, do you remember Mamma Mia? I'm like, I wasn't here, but I've heard about it. I'm really excited for you guys. I don't know what's going on, but I know enough about it to be like, yeah, the cast of Mamma Mia was really good. <laughs> That's kind of how I am. The The very first show I came on uh, with, I was really fortunate, was to see the outside Mullinger show mm -hmm. uh, with only four people in the cast, but plenty of people backstage uh, that were also part of it. I came on right before we had our opening um, mm -hmm. week, so really getting to see how it all come together and all of the work that had been done, going back to the whole 90% is backstage, 10% mm -hmm. is what you see. It really puts into context the amount of work that's done um, 
behind the scenes, if you think about the part the audience sees is only 10%, Mm -hmm. all of the other work that goes on behind the scenes. And that explains how the communities can form and that you do genuinely like each other and want to see each other outside of rehearsal because you spend so much time Mm -hmm. with these people. Yeah. I think it's also true of our PR interns. Oh, yeah. I remember telling Secret during the run of Mullingar, I was like, man, you are putting in the hours. <laughs> she was here every night. I you know. know. Yeah. I was like, is it okay? I don't know. Like, are, do you, do you want to go okay? home? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm here, but like, it's my job. I know you're the intern, but do you, do you want to be here? Like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, whatever you need. I love being around here. And I was like, okay, good, because I love you. So, <laughs> I'm glad this is mutual. But, like, you've been putting in the hours and putting in the work. Like, this is your finals week. And I was, like, kind of, like, surprised that you were still going to be coming in on Wednesday. I was like, are you sure, like, finals are happening? Like, it's okay. Like, take what you need to do. And you were like, no, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I was like, whew, breath of fresh air. I guess that's theater, right? <laughs> right. You know, we don't attract a huge uh, 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 swath of the population like the NFL or, you know, I don't know, <laughs> wine moms. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but we uh, do attract people who feel passionately about it. Yeah. Uh, yes. And that passion kind of spreads mm-hmm. uh, to other folks, uh, which uh, is part of its magic, I guess. It's on stage, but it's also that backstage stuff. Yes. Yeah. Even our interns want to keep coming back. Oh, yeah. He says, gesturing to me. I was the spring 2016 <laughs> That's intern. That's right. Yes, yep. I was. Oh, man. What a time. How times change. <laughs> There's something so unique about the theater communities. Mm-hmm. Um I, I haven't been in a production in years. I was in them in high school, but I have not participated since then, and I'm a senior in college now. But when the opportunity came to intern at the Civic Theater, I was so excited mm-hmm. because I miss this community. It's so unique, mm-hmm. even though, um, you know, I'm not from the area. I There is an expectation. I had an idea of what it's going to be like because theater people can be so similar no matter the place they're from place Mm -hmm. they're going um everyone's here for a common goal and that's why the magic happens because we're on the same page where we are here because we love it yeah yeah it's a great way to plug in i mean if you're moving to a town is to uh, be a part of a theater group because there is such a bond and and at least uh, in our case we're very welcoming of people from the outside uh, yes. Some theaters are more or less like that, but uh, there's always such a need for people, and it's always such a, a vulnerable thing uh, to put it out there. Like, I can do this, and then people go, well, let me see. Yeah. <laughs> can you do that? Can you take good pictures? Can you <laughs> Can you carry a tune, you know? Uh, can, can you, you tear tickets? <laughs> <laughs> there's a proper technique to the, was it, the perforated paper. Oh, uh-huh. my God. Right. Tearing it apart. Very, very unique technique, but it works very well. And if you don't know how, we'll show you. Mm -hmm. And if you do, man, instant credibility right there. Yep. Instant. You made it. You got it. All right, let's go. Come on our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of the great uh, community that we've got going on, why don't we talk about the continuation from Little Women and Summer Musicals over to Ring of Fire, our next musical of the season? Yes, that cast was so talented and i know they really put a lot of work into that show mm-hmm. the they cast were, and the, they and were the musicians yeah yeah one of the cast members roger played like four different instruments in the show holy cow and every time we'd ask roger hey do you know how to play that i said no but i i can give it a try or i can learn <laughs> so he plays keyboards and he uh-huh. plays guitar he can play cello uh he can also play mandolin uh our uh regular guitarist chuck 
decided to learn how to play the banjo for the show and bought a banjo and oh, taught oh, himself wow. how to play. I did not know that. Yeah, that's it's cool. Pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, our keyboardist uh, was uh, had fallen ill just before the show, and so Mike Mikowski, Magic Mike, came mm-hmm. in and uh, played for us, uh, kind of on short notice. And he was really the glue that that uh, uh, pulled the whole band together. Oh wow! Um, mm-hmm. And Shane, who did a lot of our guitar work, both lead and rhythm guitar on the show. Um, had toured uh, with a uh, Christian uh, rock group, I don't know, 10 years ago or something like that, wow. but kind of got wow. tired of the life and got married, has kids, and then he uh, was spending so much time at the theater. Here's a sort of a, a weird sort of silver lining, right? So he's a CPA, and so it was tax season, so he's working really hard at the office. Then he'd come straight here and uh, do rehearsal or do a show, and then it would be fairly late at night. After 10 o'clock, he'd go home, go to bed, and then go. Well, uh, he has a daughter who tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. She yeah. was asymptomatic. She she was fine, but they had to quarantine her. And mm-hmm. he's, he found out about this near the end of the run of the show. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, to be honest, I haven't actually seen her in over five days. Oh. oh, my goodness. So I haven't been in the same room with her because she, you know, she's isolated, but she also sleeps a lot, you know, because we want her to. And I'm out early and I come home late. So really, I don't think I've been exposed, even though I've been in the house. And so, you know, we talked that through with our, our medical person they agreed well if you haven't been in the same space for five days you're probably and you're not showing any symptoms and she's not showing any symptoms you're probably pretty good but that's that's kind of sad yeah but it also showed how dedicated he was he was in the busiest time of his professional life and he was at work or he was at the theater Mm -hmm. and uh so we're so blessed to have people who take it so seriously Mm -hmm. you know uh and love it so much that's exactly what i was gonna say is you don't do something like that unless you love it yeah that that type of level of dedication does not come out of oh yeah it's an obligation it's because people want to be here i mean that reminds me of tradessa tradessa has been doing best christmas pageant ever for six years i think yes. mm-hmm. yeah so wow. this is her six this was her sixth production doing it uh this month uh, and she um she has it down to a t we had a post-production meeting and she had the schedule set for next season like already she knows exactly how many hours she needs to work with like the different like um aspects of the cast like for this family or that family or for these children she's like i only need two hours and i was like you have this down to a science ma'am she does because she's just she's dedicated so much time to it she knows exactly it's a well-oiled machine and i'm like this is so cool she started doing the show when she was in second grade she grew up in nacogdoches oh and so she got to do that progression of you know yeah. uh, kids to older kids to adults in the show and on saturday night uh during the run uh <clears throat> last weekend her high school drama teacher who was the person who directed that ms wortham came to see her show. Oh, wow. Ms. Wortham is in her 70s. Yeah. And uh, she had not seen Tradessa do this show before. And so she drove up from Nacogdoches just so she could see Tradessa's show. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. That gave me chills. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah, and then another part of that cycle is Julia Indergaard. She's uh, She started off in the show just like doing like the little kid being one of the actors but now she played one of the moms just because she's an older kid she was able to play off and being tall. a mom she's tall <laughs> so but she was able to be a mom this year in the show and i was like you're a child i mean you are but the cycle and i was like yeah this is amazing and Tradessa like commented on that too and i'm just like this is the way things like go in and go out and the way you just devote your time to it. And because Juliet, another fun story about Juliet is that she was young Fiona 
in the production of Shrek back in 2014 mm-hmm. or 2015. 2015. So th- 2015. Mm-hmm. And then she played like the main Fiona in our junior production of it this past summer. So that was really cool. And her sister played young Fiona in Aww. that musical. Right. Yep. So Fiona, sorry, uh, Juliet is 15. So she did Les Mis with us because she was um, our... Uh, 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 young Fantine uh, oh. in that production in 2014. So she's literally spent half her life at this theater. That's so cool. Oh my goodness. It's amazing. Yeah, I know. I know. And she's such a gifted performer and her family's so supportive. Uh, her younger sister's in the show. Her older sister is now a professional actor. I didn't moved know to LA. that. Yeah, wow. Brooks has moved to LA and uh, he is uh, working in the, the film industry. Wow. Wow. And he got his start here. I just, <laughs> just so everybody knows. We'll yeah, right, exactly. No. We, uh, Waco will claim um, all of the talented children, and we will also <laughs> claim Steve Martin. That's right. Whether he, whether he wants to claim us or not, we claim him. We claim him. I didn't know that about Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. that's. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, the fun connections we got to Brightstar next uh, next semester. Oh. Uh, yeah. It'll be a good time. Interesting. So kind of rounding out the first half of the season – Sounds like it's been pretty successful. There's a, been a lot going on, but you guys have handled it so well and have really created new opportunities that weren't there before, both in a regular season or coming off the heels of COVID. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I think a lot of it has to do with our staff uh, because during COVID, I was the only staff member uh, left. And wow. so uh, I was doing what I could and I had volunteers who would show up when they were able to. And mm-hmm. you know, once we started production, uh, and it looked like it was going to stay. It looked like we were going to be able to bring back staff. And mm-hmm. so we tried to be, you know, real judicious about who, who, or what is the role, if, if you will, that is most necessary. And one was a technical director. Another really important thing to me, obviously, was outreach because mm-hmm. uh, uh, she was the second person that we hired. Uh, and then because we were doing so many shows, we really needed an administrator. And so... Uh, uh, that position is still kind of part-time, and I'm hoping to get funding to make it full-time. And it's one of those principles of the universe, like you uh, you uh, have a room in a house, and then you start filling it with things. You know, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. you were you moved from one bedroom apartment, you know, now it's full of stuff. Yeah. We have staff, and now we have more work than the staff can possibly do, you know, because we attract it, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we think, well, this is a great idea. We should do this. Oh, you know what we really need now? Uh, now that we're doing this is we need to do that. And when we get better, we can do this other thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's part of the reason for our growth is, is we have really capable people here who are creative and want to contribute in any way they can. That's amazing. It makes me really look forward to what's happening just for the rest of the season and then next season. No spoilers. But I'm really excited to announce like next season from what I from what I know. It's gonna be a great time. But until then, we have Bright Star and the Music Man and we have Thurgood and we have having our save the Delaney Sisters first hundred years. I can say that now without stuttering uh, yes, as much. That's, that's good. <laughs> and then we have Tuck Everlasting. Like I am so excited for 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 next semester. And our long awaited production of the music band. Yeah. That was one of those COVID yes. casualties that we said this this show's too good. We 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 gotta do this one. Absolutely. And I think we've had a great lineup so far um, for the first half of the season, but I think the second half of the season, you know, matches the energy, if not, you know, potentially exceeds it. We have some really ambitious shows coming up, but mm-hmm. they are going to be so 
good. We have so many great people on staff that are, you know, already committed to be part of it or direct it and people casted. So I'm very excited to see what the second half, what 2022 brings. This is the very last episode before 2022. So before we bring 2022 to you. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. I was worried I was going to (laughs) stutter. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy holidays. I wish everybody a splendid end of the year. Thanks for joining us, guys. Eric, it was so nice having you. You You will definitely be back, uh, back in the costume closet. Yay! (laughs) I didn't get fired. Awesome! (laughs) It's our illustrious recording location. Only a select few get invited. Absolutely. And I feel honored. (laughs) As you should. We will see you all next year. Have a great new year, everyone. This has been Costume Closet Chats with Waco Civic Theater.